0: inside oh i'm loud Shit. so loud what is why google uh, we found out you can't do anything else on your computer if you wanted to <laughs> you can't do notepad right you can't do text edit i am wiggly i am one part of the team that will talk to you today about we talking games and on the uh, sky uh, google phone googleplex yeah. Yeah. is uh calvon cubix that's me yeah he's he's okay i'll turn him up a little bit there okay. We go. Who's on the board? Nobody, me. And today it is time for Should Be Arcade Weekly, Should Be Arcade Weekly, the Should Be Arcade Weekly show that we do whenever we feel like cuz now it's summer programming and we talk games. Right. So, I think there's actually an arcade game we're going to be doing in the not so distant future. Maybe. We we have to be careful nobody knows about this. Who cares? Nobody likes characters. We can only do so many Arcade Weeklies and I think we're going to have one. Uh Uh-oh, wait. Are you doing scrolling on your computer? (laughs) Shit. I hear a little bit. It's dead. I think we
1: discovered this last time.
0: We don't discover anything here. No. So today we're going to be talking about a game that's... Wait, let's restart the show. (laughs) No. Okay. Who has time to restart shows? That's what I'm going to know. We were We're on a schedule. Yeah, right. So we're barely into it, so let's barely continue with it. Okay. Uh... Should be Arcade Weekly, so we might have an arcade game coming up. Who cares?
1: Yeah, if you judge by the poll on Twitter, I think a lot of people feel like it should be Arcade
0: Weekly. <laughs> Meaning this show should be Arcade Weekly or the Arcade yeah, Weekly like what, that you we know do. we did a lot of
1: experimental shows. Yes, and, uh, oh, of our so experimental
0: far. shows, it should be this yeah. one.
1: And people just want us to go back to talking about arcade games, and that's
0: why we're going to do unboxings, right? That was a skewed type of test, it should have been a rating system, yeah. Anyway, what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about Moondust. Moondust? That should be an arcade game. Right. Is
1: that like Pop Rocks? This is the new experiment uh, (laughs) that we're going to do for this episode, which is we're going to prove that the moon landing was fake. Oh, okay. somehow that connects to a C64 game that came out in 1983.
0: Because the astronaut's head goes around his body sometimes.
1: Was that a thing? I've never heard that conspiracy.
0: No. No, it happens in this game. Oh yes. <laughs> okay, so we're doing a C64 game. This is this is good. This is cool. And this is you a know, first I think it's the first for us s- at least. Yeah, because some people that we had try to review one of our Summer of Stink shows uh, decided to instead of doing the arcade game, they would do the C64 game, which was absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with the game.
1: Yes, I do remember that.
0: That's fun. I didn't know whether to just let it go or not or not run it. I thought, uh, I don't care. Talk about two different games. And there hey, we hey, go.
1: Let's talk about books real quick.
0: Okay. This is do good. You, do you read? No one reads anymore. They just point at a picture and grunt.
1: Gotcha. Well, I've been reading lately, mm. and I discovered this game by reading Tristan Donovan's Replay, which I would recommend. In fact, I... I I've read some really good gaming books lately, The Ultimate History of Video Games, mm-hmm. um, which you know I think that's pretty much a standard. A lot of people know that book, and it does a very good job talking about the early days of the arcade and, P.S. and video game. And
0: listen for a replay to be the ending song of today's episode.
1: Oh, great! Yeah. Once The Ultimate History of Video Games got into the '90s, I felt like it was kind of just like shotgunning things, where it was like Doom, Pokemon. <laughs> PlayStation, And I was like, what, what happened? Like two thirds of this book, we were in the 70s and now we're in the 90s and things are just getting shotgun through. The afterword kind of explained that where the author was like, you know, I wanted to stop this book in 1990. Yeah. Uh, but so many developments came out that I just kept going. And I kind of wish he just stopped in 1990. It was a very enjoyable and thorough book. Uh, To that point. But regardless, I was uh, left with an appetite for more uh, video game history reading. And I found that Replay is a good companion book to The Ultimate History of Video Games because Mm -hmm. Replay kind of, first and foremost, has a European lens about it. Uh Um, And secondly, it talks about some of the gaps that the, The Ultimate History kind of just leaped over. Replay was very good about talking about specific watermarks in the industry with different types of genres and games. And that's how I discovered Moondust for the C64 because it's considered one of the first music games. It's also considered one of the first art games.
0: Mm, I can see that. So I was like,
1: I've I've never heard of this game. I want to check it out. And when it was described in the book, it sounded very interesting. And uh, I wasn't disappointed. I will say, admittingly, that the game is very obtuse.
0: Oh, Uh, really? Especially
1: especially (laughs) if you go in blind.
0: Yeah, you need the instruction manual.
1: Definitely need an instruction manual. Um, There's not a lot of information on the web. I found some good tutorial videos on how to play. Well, I shouldn't say good. They were just enough to get me through the game and uh, get to a point where I was actually just enjoying the experience. And I think that's what's interesting about Moondust is it's very much about the experience of playing Moondust and not so much about, at least for me, about getting
0: the score yeah you have to wonder what moondust inspired so let's set the basic premise what year did this come out again uh 1983 83 yeah that was a good year to graduate from high school or be birthed or be birthed yeah maybe you were my child i don't know no one can tell could be no one knows it's honest to god a mystery but then again i don't have a lot of alcoholics in my family so maybe not (laughs) you fucking (laughs) asshole (laughs) Basically, you look at it, and it's called Moon Dust. So you think, okay, moon. And you see a bunch of spaceships. uh, Well,
1: no, actually, we should preface by saying, if you are going to emulate this game, and I would implore you to do so, because that's why we're talking about the game, there's nothing wrong with your ROM. (laughs) It just looks that way.
0: Okay. Uh, Right?
1: Like all the particles and floatiness and... and you know
0: bleed wait, 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 Yeah, let's talk about what you f- see first okay you see moon dust and you see a bunch of spaceships going around spelling moon dust uh, with its trail disappearing a bit and then there's also this thing that looks like a human and he's a spaceman. man he's a uh, uh, well or, or woman <laughs> you don't know because it's just a white blob with a head that floats all around its body sometimes
1: <laughs> yes his name is, is Jose though
0: oh it is Jose okay mm. uh, that's what I thought I always thought Jesus was the first person on the moon.
1: <laughs> to have a
0: disembodied <laughs> um, head float around him as well. Oh, that would be Jesus, not Jose. <laughs> oh well, close <laughs> enough. I miss Joe. Joel. Uh, yes. So that's what you see. And you're like, okay, I do shooting. Maybe shooting on the moon. And uh, in fact, you don't do any of that. You no, do no. This you is do not space a shooter. Paint by numbers to hit a bullseye. After you drop an egg.
1: (laughs) I've read that it's been compared to playing darts on acid.
0: Well, that's a very simplistic way to look at this.
1: I would agree. I think there's more to it than that. But I want to entice people to uh, seek this game out. Uh, Going back to what I was originally talking about, the, the main screen looks effed up. Yeah, it it looks messed up. The the fonts dropping out. It's very sparkly when you move the cursor to pick the different uh, play types. I guess you would call them. They're, they're not oh yeah, 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 Or yeah. difficulty. Yeah, it looks the like cursor, you got a ROM
0: glitch. It looks like you got yeah, a glitch. Leads down. Yeah. Um,
1: I also have seen this comparison, and I felt this way very much that this felt uh, one. It's very ahead of its time for 1983. I you know I yeah. don't know what was going on with. Um, yeah, why make this? It, it, yeah, uh, Jaron Lanier was definitely uh, ahead of the whole
0: Jeff Minter. mitt Minter. Mint <laughs> mint mitner. It's Mint Mintner. Mit Mintner, <laughs> Mitner, Mit That's for all mit-ner. our longtime
1: listeners mitner. and the ones who crawled up our ass about and how to M-er. pronounce M-er. Minter. M-er.
0: Jeff M-er.
1: Right. But I can totally see him creating something like this today.
0: Well, it influenced a lot of things, uh, and we don't know if it influenced them. That's the thing. Here, here's Let me just simply sum this up. I'll sum this up, how simple this game is, and then we can go into why it doesn't look simple at all. You're a spaceman. You control a lot of spaceships that are on screen with you that are smaller than you as an astronaut. Yeah. So you drop an egg, and this egg is just this white sort of bomb. And as soon as you drop this white bomb, a bullseye will appear in the middle of the screen. And your job is to smear the egg with your ships. Smear your seed. Smear your seed. Spread (laughs) your seed. the bullseye. All over into the bullseye. It is officially called a moon seed. It is a moon seed. Yeah. That's really it. You just try to spread your seed so that it hits the bullseye within a certain amount of time.
1: Wiggly, do you know what that spread is
0: officially called? Well, I happen to be a vegetarian. I'm not a peenivore, so I don't really know what it's called. Okay, well, uh,
1: according to the game's manual, you're spreading moon juice from your moon seed (laughs) with
0: your moon pots. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it all makes sense. Yeah. I played this game before. Uh, Edmund McMillan made it. It was called Cunt.
1: Oh, gosh, no, it's not like that at all. That is a um, reimagining of Tempest. And isn't it is, great? It is all very good. All different but...
0: types. It's right on target. All different shapes and sizes. My poppy used to say, ah, oh, turn them upside down. They all look the same. No. I think Edmund McMillan proves this in the shooter genre. Great. Yeah. Plug for Eddie Boy, I think you still get that game um, on Etsy from his store. And it, it's it's uh, honest to gosh, it sounds well like it sounds, but there's no great versions of Tempest after Tempest. I mean, I, I know that you liked some uh, other arcade versions, and of course, Tempest 2000 was crazy, Right. crazy great. And uh, you mentioned these particle type physics going on in this game. And we'll get into the whole reason why that simple explanation is not simple at all. But that C word game is. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, now you're your backpedaling now, huh? Is a real. No, hey, listen. Cunt is strong. Pussy wow. is weak.
1: I don't know if I want to be on this show right now. Why? It's true.
0: <laughs> What I will say
1: about uh, the game that you were talking about and how it connects to Tempest, Mm -hmm. what I found very odd, going back to how ahead of of itself Moondust is, I really couldn't think of anything that would have influenced this game. And on the C64, we saw lots of games that were influenced from the arcade, like there was a lot of knockoffs of Scramble, and there was a lot of knockoffs of Space Invaders, and then... But let um, me say this, Juno yeah.
0: First did come out in 1983 as well. Mm. And Juno First is a game that we flip out about that was uh, by Juno First. That was by uh, Konami. It is a space shooter, but there's spaceships coming over like the limb of the planet. And it uses a lot of these particle-y physics of single pixel particles flying apart. Right. So there may have been something going on about somebody figuring out about this, but not knowing how to implement it mm-hmm. at that time. That's what makes sense to me. Or people just discovering it on their own. So maybe Moon there does, was something, you know, before. Moontess did
1: a great job at utilizing the hardware. So it wasn't, even though oh, hell when yeah! You're, when you're looking at what you're playing, you're like, this is... It, again, it's I, I feel like for the average game player, you're going to find this game to be obtuse because it, it's not visually appealing at first. What your objectives are and your goals are are strange. The physics change depending on which mode of play you're doing so how uh, astronaut jose operates is different from freestyles one of them and beginners another they do as you talked about with juno first there is a lot of play with gravity on some of those stages where freestyle you can move them around pretty easily whereas some of the other uh, play styles he kind of like whips around the moon pods similar to like the very earliest arcade game being Space War or mm. Computer Space, mm-hmm. where there was a, a you know star at the center of the screen that would pull you in. Yeah. Not as aggressive as those games that I described, but still something there where you're like, am I even controlling what's happening on the screen mm. right now? Mm. And am I controlling these pods? It really does depend on what mode you're in, yeah. whether or not you're able to easily control the astronaut and his moon pods, or the moon pods are doing their own thing, or there's um, a mode where it's called what is it, Spinster or Spinneroonie or something like this, (laughs) where your moon pods are just going in this perpetual circular motion, which is extremely difficult. What is it called? Spin,
0: dizzy, a (laughs) spinner? Yeah,
1: because you're trying to get those moon pods to Take your seed and spread it across that bullseye and get yeah.
0: those points. As I mentioned, you control the astronaut and the six spaceships, uh, moon pods on the screen. But if you start like at a beginner level, you could see that if you keep going in certain directions, you could sort of get them to line up with you. But what you yes. have to realize is once you, when you start this game, even though you control everything on screen, your moon pods are going in all different directions. Some go diagonally, some go on left and right, some are in different parts of the screen, and etc. So even though you're controlling everything, you're trying to get your astronaut into place to be furthest away from the center of the screen, to lay his moon seed, then try to control ships that might be around it by making your joystick go different ways to to then slime your seed. What's it called? Smear. Smear. smear your seed and the seed itself is like something out of mario paint it's an it's an old style of video art the the seed itself is a block and it's a constantly oscillating block of colors and when your moon pod runs into it you try to make your moon pod go towards the center and you can actually have multiple moon pods that run into your seed and they start smearing your seed in all different directions, willy-nilly. And right. this bullseye appears, but it's this single pixel Tempest two thousand looking bullseye that is sort of just undulating in and out of the middle of the screen. And and the undulation comes in by not only the sight, but also by the sound. And we'll talk about the the music. Uh, yes. the ambience of it and and that's why you get this whole feeling. this is a this is something to experience uh, right. it's a total encapsulated type of feeling it, it is abstract uh, oh yeah but it needs to exist with all this stuff to be as good as it is there's nothing that you're going to see that is reminiscent of reality uh, like I said, sometimes if you <laughs> spin your spaceman around in Jose around and in, in very quickly, his head just sort of stays and goes <laughs> around his butt and around his feet, and then yeah. goes back onto his head area again. Uh, and I guess that's just a problem with the with how the pixels moved and how quickly they could keep up with each other and all this stuff. Remember, you're doing this in 64K. Right. And and that's
1: going back to why I feel like this game did a good job utilizing the hardware is because Mm -hmm. its uh, visual presentation is very limited in the amount of colors it's showing on the screen, but it makes up for that with the play with physics, with the generation of music or sounds or ambience. You're on a single screen. By conceding to those limitations of the hardware, they've made a stronger game than some of the other things that I remember playing on a C64. C64 was We often talk about the Atari with me, but the C64 was my first computer. It was a Mm -hmm. hand-me-down. And I got a couple games with it. Uh, Not a huge collection. And a lot of those games were just trying to be what was popular at the time. They were trying to be a ColecoVisioner. They were trying to be um, the Atari... 400, I guess, at the the time, or maybe even Nintendo. I remember trying to play an Indiana Jones game and being very disappointed. Yeah. Um, There wasn't much you could do. Well, at least I could do with my C64.
0: Well, my C64, as you saw, I tried to look for this game to see if I had it in nature because I wanted to play it to see, you know, exactly how the play mechanics were. I have Double Dragon. That's like the only arcade-ish type of uh, game I have. Everything else is role-playing Role playing was huge on a C64, and that's basically what I had. I have a couple other ones that went on sale for like two bucks. But, um, you know, it was really about role playing, and I wanted to take some pictures to put up on Instagram of the hand notes how to go where, and then yeah. drawing out the dungeons. Yeah. And, uh, if you pick this up secondhand, it's kind of funny because I have some secondhand games. It'll have two sets of notes for Ultima and one will say Mom on it. Like, <laughs> mom was at a different point in Ultima, so she has her own maps drawn and her own you know, things written down and then the kid has their own uh, where they are in Ultima or Fairy tale, or all these other... In fact, I didn't have a joystick for my C64 for a long time. I never uh, had one.
1: Okay. It was a surprise to me. I'm like, oh, because I'm thinking of what I had when they were talking about Moon Dust and the replay book. So I was like, why am I not doing anything? (laughs) Admittingly, you may feel that way when you have a joystick, but then I realized, oh, I need a joystick for this game. I'm like, that was it. Commodore joystick and then I, re- I was like I think I can picture it but I, I was picturing the Amiga
0: uh, right exactly and, and that's where you want to get into the games is the Amiga if you're right. thinking about oh I'm going to play games you, you think about the Amiga if you want to program or you want to create music you could do that on a the C64 and when you get into the Amiga you could do video uh, right. that was its big selling point there the Amiga is where the games are at but uh, still a lot of people enjoy the C64 I don't know where I was going with that. I just wanted to say, when you were describing what you were expecting from the C64, I was like, well, you had to go to the Commodore Amigas. That's where. Right. You know, that's that's right. that's when you started to see so, some real shit happen going down. Those yes. people that had, had Amigas, man, you were jealous of them out of this world. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, game. sure. It was insane. Uh, like, I went over to my buddy's house and I was like, okay, well. I can't afford this, but this is not NES or something, you know?
1: I know you're probably too old for the television show, but in the 90s, there was um, a television show called Nick Arcade on Nickelodeon.
0: Is that where people, like, were in the arcade? and Yeah, meet, no, they were like, in the video, video game. They would do this, uh, like, down loose, the
1: pit? <laughs> uh, green screen, chroma key type of goofy games. Oh, okay. But that was all uh, programmed on the Amiga. They developed those games on the Amiga, and they also had a little board where you would move your man. You know, you answer questions correctly and you can move right, right. this man up, down, left, right, win prizes and whatnot. That whole thing was an actual video game, or I guess a video experience that was created on the Amiga. Uh-huh. Very
0: oh, yeah, cool. I and remember it, the commercials. very
1: much cool video game. And when I remember being a kid watching that show, I'm like, what console is that for? <laughs> you know, you're a kid. You don't yeah. know any better. Yeah. You know the magic of television.
0: Yeah. I remember the commercials about, you know, You could be a video editor of Star Wars if you had the Amiga. Amiga. Jump out your window and, you know, go on a spaceship. And it was kind of funny because I, I, I talk about this, I'm an IT administrator and I, I got a lot of things ready for the year 2000, you know, got them up to date, a lot of Windows 311 machines and nt 4 and all this other type of stuff. But the, the one company, Luke and Steel Mill, still used an Amiga for their video stuff. So I had to put the stamp of no go for the year 2000 compliance, <laughs> you know, but uh, they still used it. In uh, 1999, to still do video stuff, so yeah. that's how long I made. And I, I've often talked about how I used an Atari ST even when I was making "Flying Discs of Love" and other uh, songs in a studio. So let's get back yeah, to talk about music. No, let's while we're oh on the yes, subject, we're on the music, music. Yes, in this
1: team, you're creating music. Kind it's, of.
0: it's got the Dig Dug predecessor to it. Hmm, the music okay. only when you move, except this time the music keeps going. And you want to talk about a pre-res in every way. Okay, Boy, yeah. I like you know what I mean? Way. You got the pixels, you got, you know, explosions happening. Sometimes you don't know if you're doing something. Right. <laughs> and, and then it's also this music game, but you can modify certain aspects of the music, but the music is really trippy, ambient. It's above ambient, I would say. It's somewhere between ambient and... It could almost be trip-hop if it had drums underneath it.
1: Some sort of beat, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like experimental synthesizer stuff that I've heard from the
0: 60s. It's not Brian Eno. No, no, no. no. It's not Lothar and the Hand People. It's not Pearls Before Swine. But it's a little bit of all that. Uh... It's very minimalistic and simple.
1: So I I was going to make like a Mort Garson comparison. Okay. Because he was very experimental. You know, some of his songs were or um, like, again, I'm going with vintage uh, synth guys, like Claude Dengen. Or Explorer. He would cover songs with a synthesizer. Mort Garson. He did some television show theme songs with synthesizers, but he also explored with just sounds and mm. very minimalistic chirps and beeps with long, pregnant pauses between mm-hmm, them. Mm-hmm. That's what you'll experience a lot while playing Moondust. But then there'll also be these moments where you lay the seed, it starts smearing, and it's going across the bullseye. And you're, ra- you're racking up points. You don't realize it. And it then all of a sudden gets very chaotic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then it subdues again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah also realize that c64 was pushed as a music system you had can't remember the company that came out with the right the writer version um you know the, your word text editing and stuff but they also came out with this music composer type of thing which was a more like beethoveny and stuff like that you know that you could create symphonies on your <laughs> c64 right. but so it was pushed as a music um uh, making computer as well hmm. So uh, so yeah it's it's a it's a lot of bloops and bleeps but they have context and they fit this atmosphere and you change different tones and elements uh, maybe speed and aspects of the background music as you jockey your astronaut in different positions up down yeah, The left, game right, will except. do that
1: on its own as well mm-hmm, depending yeah. on what you're doing yeah, so yeah. it might change things up on you. It even I noticed will change like When you're controlling your astronaut, it doesn't change so much. Like if you want him to go up, he'll go up normally, depending Mm -hmm. on the mode again. Um, But the moon pods, you might get a feel of how you're controlling them, and then they'll change the X and Y axis on you. (laughs) So when you hit down, they're going up. And then all of a sudden, when you hit hit left, they're going up. And you're like, oh, well, when did that change happen? It seems like it's independently doing its own things around Mm -hmm. you, which, again, very creative. It's not a surprise that this game has been used in many museum exhibits as not only the first art game, but
0: a good example of how a video game can be art. Ah, uh-huh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, yeah, I could see that. Because I don't see it as having been created to create a genre.
1: No, I don't think so either. I think this was an experiment. Clearly, it wasn't a smash success. Nobody. I've never heard of Moondust prior to reading this book. Mm-hmm. But people in the know cite it as, you know, the first art game. But yeah, I agree with you. I don't think Lanier was going for, I'm going to create the first art experience game. It was like, oh, this might be a creative idea.
0: Yeah, exactly. The game that I compared it most to, uh, which is incredibly another different (laughs) direction in genre and everything else. But there was a game for the iPad called Sneezies. And we talked about this in the early days of uh, the We Talk Game Villain 2. And Sneezies is just, you have these whole bunch of little cute puffballs on screen, all going their own directions and their own speeds. And, you know, there might be 50, there might be 80, there might be 70 on screen. They get smaller and smaller as you have more on screen. And your job is to explode one Sneezy, and they take a little while to explode. And you have to make a chain reaction. So you sort of have to predict where the other sneezes will be conglomerating as they move around this area so that when the one sneeze is still going on and hasn't ended yet, it can chain reactions the other uh, little uh, puff balls to also sneeze and you have to clear a certain percentage and in this game uh, as well if you missed the bullseye with your slime sperm um, <laughs> you only get like 108 points because you made it to the third ring of the uh, vulva or whatever My goodness. Uh, I'm just saying it's very sexual <laughs> you're saying yeah. spreading your seed and well and, uh, look I didn't choose the terminology it's glittery jit going all over the place, and you know, who
1: knows? Why is this keyboard so sticky?
0: <laughs> it is definitely not a game that would excite you or your partner holding the second joystick. There's no res vibrating action on the second joystick. No, that's not happening. <laughs> now, if he would have put that in, wow. Yeah. Then you got something that you know you were going to be a complete complete center. <laughs>
1: Maybe we should get Jaron Lanier on the show. That would be great. He he seems to be a very creative dude. Yeah. uh, We could ask him what other ideas he would have implemented (laughs) if the tech was there.
0: Yeah, true. But see, that's also something I was thinking about, and um, it's the limitation of tech that made some of these games great and even when we get into our newer arcade games some things are just so ambitious that when you take them down a step you remove some of the gameplay elements you make a much more solid game Mm -hmm. so it's not always about pushing the limits which he did but it's also the limits of those limits that can make or break something that would be worth playing why is this worth playing i don't really know if i'm controlling my other guys right i gotta figure it out because that's it you're fighting against the game but you know the game can work for you but you just have to switch your mind up so it might even be like um what was that brain games mind games mind misters oh oh, uh brain works no brain games break balls nintendo brain training we'll go with that Sort of like that, seeing the color red and and seeing the color blue, that type of uh, switching your brain brain works around. Oh, it's brain age. Brain age, brain age. That's it. With Dr. Kawas. Kaw- uh Kawashima. Bunga. Oh, Kawashima. Okay. Yeah.
1: I think you touched on something that I just would like to dig a little deeper into. Okay. The years that we've done this show, what made Moon Dust exciting for me was that. Like I said at the top, I couldn't really find a making mechanics. How many times have we reviewed a side-scrolling beat-em-up? How many times have we reviewed a space shooter? How many times have we reviewed Maze Chase games? This isn't me being disparaging to the games that we've discussed in the past. It's just, we've experienced these genres so many times. This was something, and now for something completely different, that is what this game was. It was something completely different than what we've talked about or played in the past. And I think it's, it's definitely worth the accolades that it has received so far, but also it deserves to be propagated and put out there more so other people experience this experience.
2: Mm.
1: I'm not going to say it's for everybody, and I'm not going to yeah, say oh, it's yeah. going to change everybody's mind about art and video games or whatever. I'm just saying this is something for me. It was fun to experience something new especially with and not to sound like an old man but like contemporary games we have so few genres anymore you have your role-playing games third-person role-playing games your first-person shooters and you have your sports titles there's not much else you know the creative aspect even on the indie scene is kind of like just all falling into these safe bets you're seeing it in cinema you're seeing it in video game industry. They're spending a lot of money. They're going for these safe bets. Whereas in the early days of computer games and video games, because there wasn't this pre-standard of what was safe, you could get something like a moon dust.
0: I know that you're speaking blanket wise, like uh, binding of Isaac is definitely, uh,
1: right. and, but you know,
0: uh, know, there are exceptions, but yes. you're right. For the most part, it's all, all playing it safe and and all falling into very established genres here. Let's put it this way. Yeah. And
1: again, on the indie scene, it's different. I, yeah. I do yeah, see yeah, some yeah, of this yeah. on the indie scene, but it mm-hmm. is
0: different. But like
1: on the PlayStation one, and maybe this has something to do with digital downloads and things. Why you didn't see this? But like, when they were releasing a Mr. Mosquito, mm-hmm. that's a game you would never see a commercial release, a physical release of today. Yeah, it's too yeah. Odd. Oh, it's too yeah, weird. yeah, yeah, it,
0: you yeah. Know? Yeah, that's true. Oh, I did get Binding of Isaac at the store. I oh, don't keep. You? I don't. I don't. I don't mean to keep going back to that. Yeah, but it was like the ultimate edition. You know, it had like three different games. And this was and, on the Switch, or yeah, for the Switch. Okay. Right. By the way. The Switch, how many months have I had that now? Several now, I think. Yeah, I, I've i never played it on the television.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I will say this about the Switch. Yeah. Um, and I've always said this about Nintendo, is Nintendo is the company, for better or worse, that wants to keep its roots in being a video game company. True. They don't want to be a media box where you watch Netflix and you watch Hulu on it and then you turn it off. But... you watch YouTube videos.
0: But... I just, and I don't know why it took me so long, I just watched The Master, and Nintendo got credit for their cards. Because this takes place back when Ip Man was first going to be teaching, you know, Bruce Lee and, and be, the whole story of Ip Man before, before things happened. So Nintendo was actually in the credits for their cards. Huh. And they still make cards, I guess, right? I thought you were talking about the film The Master with Joaquin Phillips. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, Joaquin oh, Phoenix sorry. and I meant, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I meant Grandmaster. I meant Grandmaster. Gotcha. Sorry. A Not, totally meant, different movie. Incredibly different. <laughs> There's a part of that movie where
1: similar discussion to this show uh the rorschach test
0: okay gotcha gotcha look that up on youtube yes no i'll still stand by this drawing a parallel sideways to juno first Mm. the expression of it an expansion and evolution of snake okay because you're basically making the snake happen as you're smearing his seed
1: Right, you don't so, have to worry about eating your own tail or anything
0: like that. <laughs> no, it's it's nothing like that. It is like a splatter of seed. <laughs> you spill your seed, right? You I sp- could go in all different directions. I, with uh, yep, glazed donut. You know the whole thing. It um, very much looks like a Pollock painting at points. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, you That's that's another. I guess that's why it is. It is an art because it's more abstract happening. I don't think we could. Do it. No, I think we did do it justice. It's pixelated. It is an inspiration, whether directly or not at all, of a Jet Mittner, Minturn. Jet Mintner? Definitely uh, as that happened. Yes, definitely as that Jet Mittner, Mitt Definitely as his pixel, I can't even remember the name of his pixel vision. Anyway, his pixel blow ups. And the explosions, in June for the explosions in Defender, the explosion in Stargate, right. those type of complete pixel breakdown explosions are going on in here. But more in the Mittner Mitt Mittner style, Jeff Mitt Romney, of making it ungly, making the the bullseye move like a Mittner right. Mittens. I enjoy Jeff Minter's games a
1: lot. Me so too. I, I I don't want people to think that. My next statement is disparaging him. But the difference between Moondust and those games that are available on the iPad and iPhone, which I would implore everybody to play because they're fun, is that this is not intentionally trying to be something else. Mm. You know, it's not like I want to make something look like it was made on the Atari and put llamas on it and have lots of explosions and colors.
0: This was, for me at least, right. its own thing. But that pixel breakup and the mm-hmm. integration with music... I don't know if he ever played this game, but it's definitely there. It's definitely I think there. he
1: would enjoy it if he hasn't.
0: Yeah. All right, so now we have a new part of the show where we used to ooh, do one-sentence reviews. Wait. We used to do uh, the onomatopoeia review, which last <laughs> one episode. Uh, episode yeah, yeah uh, we used to do the haiku reviews, and we did the movie byline reviews. And now we have a new one, which I think will be as popular as the onomatopoeia reviews. I think so. <laughs> and this is called... This is not your daddy's. This was the 1990 versions of it is what it is today. Right. You know, no. The elliptical motion of the electron, it is what it isn't. How about that? How about suck on that? Wow. Um, Yeah, a lot of other things are what they're not. I got blown by this hot chick who had a dick. It is not what it is, isn't. Okay. (laughs) Chicks with dicks. You're they aren't what episode. they are. I can't They're help filthy, it. Filthy boy. This got to, you got to hit the bullseye with your seed. So this one's called. It's not your daddy's. Bah, bah, bah. And the, the one, the example I'll give is this isn't your. Is it your daddy's or is it your father's baby's daddy? This, this is isn't not your, your dad. Da-
1: this isn't your daddy's.
0: Some Batmobile ell- ellipses, used <laughs> right. correctly. Yeah. So it would be. This isn't your daddy's Batmobile when the uh, Beetlejuice Batman came out. That was a big right. thing.
1: Yeah. Oh, it, your it, it daddy's he's talking probably. about 89 Batman.
0: Okay, whatever. Well, what I'm just
1: things? letting the listeners know. No chin. Feel, the guy with feel. no
0: chin. Let's pick the guy with the less chin in entire Hollywood <laughs> to play the Batman who has the biggest chin in comic book history.
1: Can we just talk about, real quick, because I watched this movie recently, <laughs> yeah, again. yeah. I'm a fan of Batman, you might know, so I saw it on Netflix. I'm like, yeah, I'll watch this for a little bit. Jack Nicholson is just doing Cesar Romero's Joker from 66 as Jack Nicholson.
0: Jack Nicholson throw as that out the there. fat Joker. He's the penguin.
1: Yeah, I think so. I just the, the laugh and like the manic like like yeah, okay, he's oh, yeah. Dark. Like, that's, that's Romero's Joker, dude. Like, I, I remember as a kid, everyone was like, the Batman on Pix is lame. <laughs> you know? It's like... Because that's what it was. It was you know, we, we would watch the 66 Batman on WPIX. Sure. Here, and um, when I was a kid, the Batman Returns was coming out. It's like, look, it's so edgy and dark. And it's like, yeah. well, now you retrospectively, it wasn't really all that edgy or dark. It was just as goofy and campy just... They turned the lights down, and they muted the colors a little bit.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicholson's face is just ridiculous. Oh, the makeup's so bad. I remember my buddy... Oh, geez, we're really getting off top, but this is the last thing I'll say about it. My buddy was doing air... He would do airbrushing in the summers at the Darney Park. You know, Mm -hmm. he'd go to these things. I put your name on it. And he did the Joker. Emaciated, tall... The real Joker From the from the comics Right And uh, you know Some little kid came up And said Oh it's not the Joker <laughs> <laughs> He wanted to see the penguin With a pencil stuck in his mouth Anyway Don't get me going on that Vicki Vale though I'll tell you that Right hey. there There's somebody That didn't have to do All the shit she did She did it And I'll tell you what I'm glad she did Cool World mm, 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 mm. Oh, Mm-mm. Was that her? It sure was My stepmother's an, uh, an alien Mm, mm, mm Kim Basinger
1: Yeah, I thought Cool World was Pam Anderson for
0: some no, reason No, Kim Basinger Yeah You're thinking of uh, Stripperella <laughs> Yeah, probably And, and you know, you're 100% oh, you right know, You know what You know what's so funny about Stripperella Excelsior I came up with a Character And she's a stripper With big boobs Excelsior I'm a genius Excelsior <laughs>
1: Dude, that guy's gone through a lot of stuff right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh. You didn't read about that? His no, was he
0: ready to go to Prince C, a, Prince Circuit?
1: Taking advantage of him and, and oh. trying to take his money. and
0: Oh, good. He took, took the money from everybody blood.
1: else. He took right. a bunch of his blood and then it was stamped onto comics and he had no idea.
0: Ooh. And, uh, Kiss. Yeah. The Kiss so, comics. Yeah. In my comics. So here comes, this isn't your daddy's... Oh, yeah, right. (laughs) Excelsior! watch, Excelsior! I don't remember even what that was in in connection to, but anyway. So this is not your daddy's blank about this game. Okay. I will say this is not your daddy's acid by numbers.
1: Mm, You went back to that. I went to the
0: paint by numbers and also the fact that it's trippy and I I'm I'm sad I'm mad at you that you mentioned acid before
1: well you can be mad
0: okay I will be what is your this is your daddy's for moon dust
1: <laughs> this isn't your daddy's average seed
0: <laughs> I was going to say something about seed <laughs> <laughs> this isn't the way your daddy spread his seed <laughs> <laughs> well this has been a gross episode <laughs> I little- think it's been great Taught about anatomy? Not really. <laughs> hey, can we talk about uh, August 11th and 12th? We need to do that. Yeah,
1: Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. It's expo.liretro.com. Go there, check it out. Make your plans now to be there. We were there last year. We had a great time. We're coming back. Our panel is Saturday at 11:30. Ooh, what's it gonna be on? <laughs> Well, that's going to be a surprise. Okay, even to me. Um, although we, we might announce it later, but there's a couple ideas floating out there. Be a part of that, not just for, obviously, the panel, but there's so many cool things happening there. There's vintage consoles on display for you to play. They have a whole arcade section. Awesome vendors. I'll be there as a vendor selling my wares. A lot of other speakers, a lot of other opportunities to win prizes through tournaments. So that's August 11th and 12th garden city new york for the long island retro gaming expo also from 7 to i believe ten thirty, there's going to be a retro and chill event on saturday the 11th i believe it's open to everybody who's attending but also a lot of the panelists will be there and some of the we talk games crew will be there so there'll be games and, and all sorts of things that you can participate in it's going to be a, a lot of fun we had a lot of fun last year and this event keeps expanding each year So get in the early, uh, you know, ground floor of this so you can say, I remember when, because I'm telling you, each year they just keep growing and growing. They keep getting better and
0: better guests. We'll be shut out of this soon.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's going to become so popular that we will not be invited back. Hey,
0: everybody. I hope that you enjoyed. Should be Arcade Weekly. I think that's what we call it, right? Hope that you like us. Bye bye.
3: I'm the Yakima head, nigger, all didn't hit the playback. I didn't talk as a head, 솔직하게 my head, get I'm all didn't hit the playback. Hit the playback, hit the, hit the playback, hit the playback, hit the hit the playback. You're the end, did you head? I'm the Yakima head, nigger, all did hit the playback. 처음 딱 맞춰 쳤던 순간 이상. Get my head, get on my dick, let the play.